Oh, I originally started with um, 19, 19 lessons. Okay. And I narrowed it down to 10 uh, for a, a few different reasons. One, 10 is just an easy number to remember, right? 10 lessons, 10 things. Uh, that was one. And two, as I was going through the, the original list of 19 of them, uh, I realized that there were there were a lot of things that kind of connected. So not everything uh, needed to be or substanti substantive enough to be its own chapter. As we get into the month of June, Father's Day is the holiday that we tend to associate June with. We always hear of people bashing the not so good fathers, but we need to celebrate, especially in the black community, the good dads. And in this case, my guest today, the girl dads. My guest is my big brother, Carlos J. Avent. Carlos and I went to the same high school the illustrious Baltimore City College and same college, not at the same time, but that being Morgan State University. Well, recently he published a book called 10 Extraordinary Lessons from an Ordinary Dad. So coming up, you get to learn about his process, why he wrote the book, some of the key takeaways from the book, as well as how did his parents feel because he goes deep into this but we also talked about the importance of him being a mentor and finding that balance being a mentor as well as a father of a daughter and a husband so ladies and gentlemen get ready as i introduce to you my big brother carlos j avent all right ladies and gentlemen on today's episode I am blessed to have a guy who is a true big brother of mine, somebody who I admire from afar and up close and have the great ability to be able to reach out to him, whether it's we want to talk wrestling, whether I need advice on life, being a father, being a husband, or so many things. And of course, he is a fellow graduate from the great Morgan State University, the National Treasure. And as he would say, more importantly, he is a graduate from the world famous, world renowned, the greatest high school on the face of the planet, the Baltimore City College. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Carlos J. Avent. Carlos, what's up, bro? Um, you know what? I I might need you to go on the road with me, man. I need that kind of intro <laughs> going forward. Like that need going forward. That's it. If, you know, you know how Heyman just just comes up and does Lesnar's intro. I need you. Oh man, <laughs> that's an honor, bro. <laughs> man. I appreciate you coming on. Um, Gladly. Yeah, you know, when I first came up with this podcast. You was on the list. You was on, I, I wrote out a list. I wrote out a wish list. I've been mm -hmm. fortunate enough to have people on here, and if some of them I haven't got to yet. Um, so those out there listening, you're, you may be getting a call. But <laughs> I wanted to have you on here. Um, a little over a year ago, you released a mm -hmm. book, 
10 extraordinary lessons from an ordinary day. Now, I'll be honest with you. Um, people will say you always should be reading something. I don't read books mm-hmm. as much as I read articles and news. But when this came out first, I have to buy it because it's from you. You're my brother. I got to support. <laughs> but yeah. I knew, like, having known you i wanted to see okay how are you able to balance being a great dad a great husband a great son and a great friend and a great brother all in one so um, Mm i'm excited to be able to talk to you about this but um you know just right now i just want to start off with when did you decide that you wanted to write and share your story uh wow so I knew I knew that I wanted to be a writer, an author, per se. Uh, this might have been around 2011. Um, maybe, you know what, I'm, it may be a little further back than that, maybe like 2008 or nine. And what kind of triggered that was that I, um, I, I had developed this love for writing uh, from, from Morgan, from Morgan State. I had, um, you know, you know how you have opportunities for electives, and I did not like any of the options that were presented with the exception of creative writing one. So I said, fine. I mean, okay, whatever. Let's just go for it. And the exercises that we had in there were very intriguing, you know, and that was when I was able, and I I, I wrote my first like short story in that class. So so I I liked it so much that I took part two the very next semester. So later down the line, you know, I graduate, but I'm, but I still have this itch to like write, and I'm just trying to figure out what do, what does being an author look like for me? What do I, what do I want to write about? So, so now we're around 2008, 2009, and I'm just for the literally for about eight years, eight nine years, no nine years, yeah, for nine years I'm literally just brainstorming ideas, brainstorming ideas. I got close to starting a book a, a number of times. Um, but it just wasn't enough. It, you know, it wasn't substantial enough. I didn't feel a passion behind it. I felt like I was just putting putting something together just to say I'm an author. I didn't feel the book itself. So, it and, and then it wasn't until like late uh, 2017 um, that I decided to just kind of sit back and take an inventory of my life and just decide like, okay, what will be interesting for people to understand and learn from me and um that's when this came about the the 10 extraordinary lessons from an ordinary dad which is not necessarily you know which is about my my father you know and 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 it was you know during that time and still to this day you know there's been such a um you know know, there's always been the negative uh uh, perspective on the black father in in america you know but there but there's also Subsequently, there is the fight to show the positive side. So uh, because I'm passionate about that, I joined the fight on the positive side, of course, and decided that, you know what, let me do this. And I, not, I, don't, I didn't want to just write it about my journey uh, or, or just like me being a father. But in order for me to be a great father, where did I get that from? And that's why this whole, the whole book is about the lessons that I, and the things that I learned from my father. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because that's the thing, man. And I'm fortunate enough like you to have, to have been blessed with uh, a great dad, somebody who 
not only, and one of the things people will learn about the book, I think with, and correct me if I'm wrong, I know with my grandfathers, uh, particularly on my father's side, their job was mm-hmm. to work, take care of the family, and the mother was more to nurturing. Yeah. Uh, you didn't hear too much about them. You know, they spent time with the kids, but not in the way. One thing you talk about is the chess lesson. And it's one of my favorite chapters because mm-hmm. I'm sitting there reading it and I hear you and I can kind of see you in the barbershop playing yeah. <laughs> chess against an older gentleman who's yeah. trying to use um, the the fact that there was no time limit to psych mm-hmm. you out. And I'm going to be honest with you, it took me back to the episode of Cosby. That's when mm-hmm. reading that book made me realize why they kept hitting that thing. I never knew yeah. why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's you, you know what episode I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. And, and I was yep. like, that, it, like, I'm reading it. And so I'm picturing, I was like, oh, that's why they did it. It's because of the time. So yeah. when you talked about how your dad had prepared you for that, that show, like me and my father's connection has always been music, playing music in church. Um, mm-hmm. My dad would try to get into sports. He probably can't tell you the difference between a tackle and a sack, but because <laughs> I like sports, he would do it. And, you know, and same with video games. You mm-hmm. in this book talk about spending quality time, recreational time with your dad, not just, all right, son, I'm going to show you how to work. I'm going to show you how to provide. But no, yeah. having that friendship. Um, yeah. So that's the one of the things I enjoy. How did your dad feel when, because you go into some deep stuff, and I'm not going to give it away because mm-hmm. I want people to buy the book, which they can find on Amazon, and they can contact you for personal copies still, right? Yes, yes, again. But how did your dad feel when you told him you was going to write this book, first and foremost? You know, it's funny. At, at my, I learned at my uh, book signing in, in July of 2018 that um, he actually didn't think I was going to do it. <laughs> oh, really? You know, uh, I, I, I never knew that. I never, because I would talk to him about it, you know, because before I went forward with it, I wanted, to, I wanted him to know what I was going to talk about. Because, you know, it's, everything in it is not good. You know, there are some areas, you know, of, like I, like I say, you know, his, all of his lessons weren't always, you know, positive dad type lessons. A lot of these, some of those lessons were from his downfalls and his mistakes, where, you know, where that's where he used those to kind of help, help me not go down that same path. So, but I wanted to ask him and make sure that he was aware like, okay, dad, you know, I'm gonna talk about this, right? And, and like, you know, I'm gonna do this too, right? And, you know, and I, and I would tell him, like, the reason why I'm talking about it is because I want to bring out this part of it. And um, but, but the whole time he was okay, like, just totally okay with it. My dad, you know, he's not a, uh, you know, he was never prideful about any of it. You know, he was never like, oh, no, I don't want, I don't want nobody knowing about that. You know, he was, he, he very much uh, welcomed the idea. But I did not know that the, even after having those, those, uh, preliminary conversations leading up to my writing process that he still didn't think I was going to do it. And that's probably because I had spent nine years going back and forth with different ideas. So he probably probably just stuck with that. And nah, he's probably not going to do it. But now, um, how did, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, how did your mind feel? Because, you know, the body of Christ teaches us, you know, you're one. So, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. knowing you the way I do, I can tell you, I know you come from great stock, so I'm pretty sure you had to clear it with both of them. So how did your mother feel? 
Yeah, I did. You're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I definitely had to make sure that she was uh, equally okay with it. And, um, and because there's also some, you know, there's a, a couple of parts, even though the, the book is 90%, 95% about my dad, there's a little bit about, about, about her as well, um, which is, you know, through her, I mean, through, through my dad. So, uh, but yeah, I definitely had to clear it with her. She was, um, she was, she was just more, she was, now she didn't, she was not like him. She did not think that I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> uh, she definitely, she felt like I was um, definitely more passionate about this one, but I also consulted her more, uh, sometimes a, a little more than I did my dad, just because she has a better memory. Okay. Now, how about your sister? <laughs> you have a brother too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I got an I have an older brother, uh, older sister, and a, and a little sister, and um, yeah, you know they they uh, they you know my my little sister was probably was definitely most most supportive uh, of of all, you know I got a um, my bro my older brother he he's about eight eight nine nine years older than me, mm-hmm. uh, but he reached out to me um, after I published uh, to you know say congratulations, so yeah yeah, but you know I didn't do a lot of including. Um, of them in it, you know, because this was, you know, I can't speak for what they got from our dad, you know. Yeah, and that, that was the thing I, you know, I noticed. That's why I had to double check. You know, it's been a little over a year since I read it, but I remember, yeah. um, you know, I was like, I, I believe you had a, a brother. I knew you had a sister, but because uh, mm-hmm. I see y'all interact on the book a lot, Facebook a lot. Yeah. Um, but I was wondering, like, how did they feel? Did they like, you know, was there any? reservations uh you're airing out family dirty laundry even though mom and dad are cool with it they're looking at it like well why you got to write about that or why you got you know what i mean yeah no my um like well my my little sister was a lot more uh in, involved or at least i should say available when i wanted to bounce an idea off of her about about uh, a direction i was going in and then, you know and honestly she would tell me like if i if i bring something up she was she would um tell me mm, yeah i wouldn't I wouldn't touch on that. And I didn't, you know, I was like, yeah, you're right. I probably should, I probably should leave that part alone. Or, you know, she would just tell me like, you should probably ask them if they're okay with that. And, and, you know, and I would, you know, and then, you know, most cases they, you know, they would, you know, so, um, so yeah, I, I would say my little sister was probably, uh, uh, a, a, a default, uh, consultant in, you know, which direction I should go in with a lot of these stories, especially ones that, in that, uh, may have, indirectly in, involved uh, her or she can say that she can or she could say that she's seen in real life so if she's ever asked about it it won't be a matter of you know we you know it, it won't be no tmz moment moment where it's like no that that never happened you know what i mean so you know she she's my backup there now just let's talk about the process so you you got yeah. everything um you got your ideas on what you're gonna write about how did you decide like the 10 lessons because obviously he taught you so many how did you yeah. decide which 10 to put in there and the order when you constructed the book you know i originally started with um 19 19 lessons okay and i narrowed it down to 10 uh for a, a few different reasons one 10 is just an easy number to remember right 10 lessons 10 things uh that was one and two as I was going through the the original list of nineteen of them, uh, I realized that there were there were a lot of things that kind of connected. So, not everything 
needed to be or substantive enough to be its own chapter. So I would tie it into another chapter so that I could have um, a little bit more to talk about. So that's how I kind of came about with the chapter, with, with the actual chapters. And because um, I remember I had 10 of them that were quotes, like think, you know, things he actually said that I remembered and held on to forever. Uh, but then there was uh, another, the other nine were things that, that he just, that he did and I observed. Um, so, I, you know, like one little nugget out there that I'll put out there is that I was going to write a chapter called Dad's Dresser. Um, mm -hmm. And it was pretty much just, you know, me as a kid, uh, especially as I was younger, he, he had this really tall dresser. And for a long time, I couldn't see the top of it that, that well because I was short. And uh, but as I grew up, like I, I was always infatuated with what he had on, on his dresser because the, the things he had on the top of his dresser to me just it just signified a man like this is what a man has on his dresser, this is what a father has on his dresser, this is what the leader of, a, of the house has on, on his dresser. And there were you know all, all types of colognes and a, and a jewelry box and uh, all his his rings from the 70s and whatnot man it's just so much stuff and um you know but it wasn't but you know as i as i thought about it more i thought about it i'm like you know this this might this will probably be a good snippet this isn't enough for a chapter because it's really just my infatuation with his dresser so um but that's one that never made it to the book uh it'll probably surface in 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 real time some some other time in life um so then i narrowed it down to 10 and uh, at that point, I just kind of this, you know, I, I, as far as my, my order goes, I just kind of wanted to tell the story sort of chronologically, but not exactly chronologically. Um, so, so there are some chapters that jump around where um, it might be twofold, where there's one chapter in the exact same chapter, the same thing happened, but it happened twice. Once when I was six and another time when I was 19. So, um, that one is, you know, just kind of strategically placed between the others so that it, it sort of shows a succession, but it's not meant to be a succession, if I, if that makes sense. Yeah. Now, cause it, to me, it flowed perfectly. Um, mm -hmm. This is one of those books that I literally just couldn't put down. Uh, I give a shout out to another good friend, another good Christian man, uh, Jason Romano, uh, right mm -hmm. before your book came out, his book came out, and Jason and I worked together at ESPN, and mm -hmm. he's since left, created the Sports Spectrum podcast, which is about uh, athletes and their faith, and his book is called Learning to Forgive, again, about his dad, but this one is more about his dad's struggle with alcohol, so mm -hmm. it's the yeah. complete opposite, um, and, you know, so I read that book, and I was like, okay, you know, I read my book quota for the year, <laughs> uh, you know, before, because before that one is actually Shawn Michaels' second book. I never read the first one, but his yeah. second book, because, you know, once Shawn Michaels, to be honest with you, once Shawn Michaels got saved, that's the wrestling mm -hmm. books. Um, I had no interest in reading the other one, because it was like, well, he's changed. It was his life party already. days. Yeah. Uh, it was his party days. It's exactly. like, it like, okay, we know. And you know, if you read Bret Hart's book, at the end of Bret's book, because it's before they had their um, their reconciliation. And yeah. Of course, Carlos and I would have a wrestling conversation on this podcast. But, gotcha. uh, yeah. When they had their reconciliation, at the end of Bret's book, he still takes a shot at Sean. Mm -hmm. So 
by then I was like, uh, but when the second book came out, which ironically Jason gave to me while we was working at ESPN, he said, here, read this book, man. I know you'll like it. You're a wrestler fan. So mm-hmm. I read these books, like, you know, you know, kind of like back to back, whatever. So then yours come out. I was like, I got to read this. And like all these books, though, it's like, I guess I should read more because when I start picking it up, I just couldn't put it down. Yeah. One of the That's things I was always curious about was how did you decide on the cover photo? Because it's a great cover. It's a picture of you and your dad. How did you decide mm-hmm. on that one? Especially, you know, granted, we don't, we take more pictures now than we did back in the day. Uh, and yeah. I love that this is a, a Polaroid picture. So is the original picture a Polaroid? Did you just have that done because this kind of show like the times that we were in? Uh, no, it was, it, yeah, the actual picture is a Polaroid. So okay. I, it's, um, it's a Polaroid that's falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and how did you decide like this was the picture? Because, uh, so some, a backstory on that, on the picture is, um, that was probably one of the first uh, lessons that he, that, that, that my dad is teaching me. He's teaching me how to walk again. And the reason why I say again is because I was born extremely bow-legged okay. uh, to the point where I had to have um, casts. I, I had to have my legs pretty much broken from the knee down and, and reset in, in cast. And so I was, you know, in my around one or as, as a baby, like six, seven months into my first year, um, I was in, I was in two casts. I had my feet reset. So I, you know, so I wouldn't be extremely bow-legged throughout my whole life. Um, so in this picture, I'm a little, I'm a little over one, uh, probably about like one and a half at this point, um, going on two. And my dad is uh, showing me how to walk again. So that's, um, and we took that picture. My, my, my mother actually takes the picture and she's actually um, standing on uh, the steps and, we took we take the picture right in front of the tree in front of the house oh wow man yeah so yeah that's, that's one of the first lessons <laughs> yeah wow that's deep um and another thing i really love about this is the note section mm-hmm. um, you give it readers an opportunity to write down some of the notes when did you decide that was something that you wanted in this book well, you know, the original version doesn't have that, right? Because okay. with the original version, I, I made it, it was more pocket size. It was like four, four and a quarter by eight or no, four and a quarter by seven. Something like that it was real pocket size, real small. But then um, going into, you know, after like a few months of promoting the first version, um, I, I realized I kept looking at it like, man, something's missing. Like, you know, what, what can I add to this? And I kind of just got the idea from my mentee actually, cause I had, uh, I was going over my book with him. This is when I, when I first became his, his mentor through the college bound foundation. And what I did was, um, as I'm talking to him about it, like he, I, I you know, he, he starts taking out his phone and like jotting down notes as we're talking about my book, which inspired him to become an author, by the way. Uh, so we're working through his process now, but anyway, um, so that's when it kind of triggered to me, like, he's taking notes. Huh. And, uh, so I, I went back in the lab and I, I wanted to edit it a bit to, to add a note section and ask and, and begin each note section with a probing, uh, question, a thought provoking question 
that would that would have the readers kind of uh, reflect reflect not only on the chapter of my story, but how does this relate to you? How how does this give you a chance to reflect on uh, what that chapter, particular chapter, is speaking about? And um, how can you improve? How how can you uh, improve in your own personal life based on what you just read and learned about my journey? Man, it's amazing. Um, you, you bring up mentee. Can you talk about mentorship and why that's important to you? Yeah, um, you know what? Well, again, and, and you know, just going back to the book, one of the things that I had uh, mentioned in my um, in the beginning, in the very beginning of the book, is how I don't take for granted that I grew up with uh, in a two-parent household. I don't take for granted that my dad was and still is in my life. Um, but I and I understand that I have a lot. I've grew, I've grown up with a lot of friends who did not have that, you know, and they didn't have either. They didn't have their father. They didn't have both. You know, some of them were raised by grandmothers, aunts, house to house, whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, I always, even at, at a young age, I always felt like that was very unfortunate and unfair because there's, there's, a, there's a level of um, joy that comes with that, that privilege of having a two-parent household that uh, a lot of my friends just did not have. So that is what kind of inspired me uh, very early on in my in my adulthood to want to to want to be a mentor um in some way shape or form my, my you know a, actually my first my first opportunity to be a mentor came at the age of i want to say 20 and um it was just a small it was it was just a, a, a small program that was being done at at city at baltimore city college where uh i was a mentor to biology students i just I really just did it for Ms. Harkham and I, I, it was a mentoring opportunity and I wanted to just test, test the waters. Right. And I, I loved it. I love, I loved it. I loved what that became. Um, I love what, the, what that kind of relationship brings to the table, even though it was simply about biology, right. And just getting through the work. Um, I just loved what I, I love what it did. So uh, I've sought out opportunities to be a mentor from that point on and um, still am to this day now you've done a lot of work with um you've done a lot of work with young men who didn't have the same um you know who wasn't fortunate enough to grow up with the dad you know or you know parents in general what would you say so far has been your proudest moment as a mentor Oh wow! Um, it's, you know, my, my, I would say the, the proudest moment is probably seeing a mentor want to be better. You know, I I have one now. His name is Montez. He'll be, uh, he's nineteen years old, and um, just seeing his ambition, like from the way his ambition has has just taken uh, levels of of just increasing levels. Um, since from the moment I met him to now and just seeing his, how he's gradually stepping into his manhood, um, becoming an adult and, uh, and knowing that he, that, that he values what, what I bring to the table for him, you know, and I say that humbly because this is something that he's told me, you know, about how, 
how much he appreciates me and how much um he even said one time he was like I know I'm I know I'm pretty hard at it sometimes but I just appreciate you being in my life and you know at the end of the day like that is always that's the goal that's the purpose um just for for that mentee to to recognize the value of why I'm here you know it's not about uh uh you know, cause this, cause being a mentor is, 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 you know, nine out of 10, it is not a paying opportunity, you know, uh, because I feel like once you incorporate money in it, it's no longer a mentorship, it's a job. But, you um, you know, with him, you know, he, he, he's, you know, he knows that, that I'm, I, I genuinely care about you becoming the man that you need to be and want to be. So, um, that's probably the, the, that text message that he sent saying that was it's probably my one of my most proudest moments as, as a mentor now can you um talk about because you're on you're a mentor in a broader perspective i'm i mentor a lot of journalists production people uh you know students and even some post grants who mm-hmm. want to you know be in the same field that i'm in so I get joy out of helping people because I've been through the same journey. Mm-hmm. You are a mentor on a wider perspective because you're mentoring, one, you're mentoring people in life. Mine, mm-hmm. it can come at life to an extent, but it's more about, when it comes to life, it's more about balancing their life with their work. Now, granted, I'm a friend, so I'm gonna help them with stuff. But can you just talk about what it's like mentoring people you know, on life, especially somebody who may be taking a different career path that you have. And when you're dealing with somebody who has questions that you may not have the direct answers for at the moment. You know, ironically, my most recent, my most recent mentor uh, opportunities, they were specific. They uh, they were through college bound and through um, the alumni, uh, the Morgan State alumni mentoring program. So these were very strategic, very specific and focused mentoring opportunities where I'm stepping in as a as a graduate, you know, someone who, who has gone to college, achieved a bachelor's, achieved a master's degree and just helping the next generation of college students get through um their process you know so it started out that way um but with college comes life right when you're when you're in college you know you it's it's not it's a lot more than just go to class go home you know you are experiencing your 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 first wave really of adulthood and because of that you know college the the college mentoring aspect of it really just becomes the the uh the intro or the the foundation of it it but 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 at that point everything else just kind of leads into balancing life uh emotional intelligence you know just handling stress uh managing your time uh, making the right decisions uh how to rebound when you've made a bad decision um you know how to conduct yourself when you're um, you know, having a conversation with, with you know, with a with an instructor, a professor, uh, a dean, whoever. You know, there's a certain way that you have to do that. 
Um, but these, you know, cause these are things that, that a lot of, you know, some of my mentees, they don't know how to go about it. Uh, not because they, you know, are ignorant or anything, but they just don't know cause they never had to experience it. So again, through college comes life experiences and, uh, you know, and then the one life experience leads to another one life experience leads to another. And then the next thing I know, I'm, I'm guiding one of them on how to pay a parking ticket. So, because they've never done it before. So it's, it's so, so that's how it's kind of morphed into uh, beyond just, just this is bigger than college. This is bigger than, this is bigger than Mr. Avent, which is so weird saying that because Mr. Avent to me is still my dad, but now it's me. <laughs> it takes a <laughs> while to get used to it. Even though we're, you know, over 30, it's that yeah. respect we have for our fathers and yeah. being relatable that, you know, when somebody says Mr. Avent or Mr. Waters, you're like, oh, me? <laughs> Right. Yeah. And my like, wife's a teacher. So when she says, Oh, this is my husband, I was on um one of their games one day. It was on a mm-hmm. day during the pandemic and I was playing. There's like, oh, that's Mr. Waters, Miss Waters' husband. Like, oh, huh? <laughs> so I understand exactly. <laughs> like, what oh me, about. okay. Okay. So so not my dad. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it's morphed. It's morphed into like I said, it's morphed into life uh, uh life experiences and um like for like you know, and and, and a, a testament to that is technically as it, as we speak right now, my uh, assignment for college bound uh, is over. It's been over. It's been it's been completed for over a year, mm-hmm. but those mentees are they still latch to me because of the relationship that we've built. So for them, they didn't care that it was over. I'm still going to call you. Can I still reach out to you? A- yes, you absolutely can. Now, can you talk about how do you balance being a mentor and a father, especially you have a tough job as I do, which I said at the top of the show, I've been blessed to receive a lot of advice because you're a father to a young lady and we know it's a reward. Um, Unfortunately, one of our favorite athletes and players of all time the late great Kobe Bryant, when he passed away, you know, girl, dad, you know, was the thing everybody was talking about. Yeah. I think what I was happy to see, one, I try to um, get rid of all deadbeat dads off of my timelines. But Mm -hmm. what I was happy to see that everybody who I saw participating, especially you, this was something genuine. We just applied the hashtag, but you know, so how do you balance being a girl dad and a mentor? Yeah, so that's that's that is uh, quite the balance, <laughs> quite the balance. Well, first of all, it's it's, it's definitely um, you got to set the expectations, you know. And you know, as much as I love my mentees, you know, um, unfortunately, they they are not my my children. So I can I can't claim them. On, I cannot claim them on my taxes. So they are not my kids. Uh, you know, but you know, that does not mean that, that they get slighted, you know, uh, but they do, but I do have to set the expectation that this is my daughter. This is, you know, so this is the, the first love of my life. <laughs> okay. So, um, in, so long as they are aware, because one of the things I'm extremely careful about is I never want, I never want my daughter to say that daddy spent so much time with his mentees. He's never available for me. Every time I want to do something, he he doing something with them. I never want that to, to be a, a a thought or a notion that that she thinks of. 
So um, I make it very clear in the beginning um, where my expectations lie, you know, what's important to me, as well as how, why it's important that I'm there, that I am their mentor as well. Uh, and they get it. They get it. You know, they, they get it. They know that, that, I, you know, that, I, that at the core of me, I am a family man and, my, and, and, you know, and family come first. And then from there, we set a uh, parameters. Here's when I'm, here's when I'm available to you. Uh, here's time, you know, you can text me is 24 seven, depending on when you do it, will determine how quick I respond. Um, but as far as like going out and spending time together, you know, let's schedule that. As long as we can schedule those things, um, then we can make it work. A hundred, a hundred percent of the time, we can make it work as long as we're scheduling those things in in an appropriate manner. Um, you know, it's not a, it's you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a peer, so you can't just text me and be like, meet me at the mall. That's not going to happen. You know, especially because you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 36, going 37. My hangout at the mall days are behind me, <laughs> so. You know, it's it's something that um it's just a matter of it's just setting those expectations up front, and um all of my mentees have been very good about uh accepting those expectations and embracing um you know for for the couple who have who have actually met uh lyric my daughter, you know it's it's been it's been very pleasing. And how have you been able to maintain um the same type of the same type of level of mentorship or, you know, even modifying it during this social distancing during the coronavirus. You want to know what's good about that is we, you know, uh, uh, my, my mentees are young, you know, they're all 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. They live for this kind of life of, you know, Skype me, zoom call, text me, FaceTime, uh, you know, DM me. Like they live for this. This is what they were raised with. So it's not a problem for them at all. You know, it, it, it it's quite the opposite. Where, you know, you have as we're going through this, right? You have some who are struggling with the digital side of it, right? Like, you know, they they're struggling to get on Zoom. They they can't find a link. How does this work? Oh, I wish we could just meet in person. It's the opposite for them. You know, they 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 are all very much like, like, yes, let's do it digitally. Like, yeah, let me FaceTime you. Like, yeah, I'll just text you. And that's easy for them. The hard part for them is, is you know, pre-coronavirus pandemic. The hard thing was getting them to commit to going out or, or meeting face-to-face, you know. So, you know, uh, those, those will get rescheduled uh, a lot, a lot more a lot more quicker <laughs> than, than, you know, FaceTime you or text me or can I call you, you know, but then those phone calls will be for an hour long, you know, or hour and a half long. I talked to one of my mentees for literally two and a half hours, like from about 11 to almost one in the morning or two, almost two in the morning. It, it, it was crazy, but um, yeah, so it's actually working out very well. <laughs> yeah. I want to uh, ask you another question about the book really quick. Um, yeah. You mentioned that it was going, you know, originally it was going to be 19 lessons. So that leads me to ask, is there a sequel coming? Ah, <laughs> actually, um, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. As, as, I, as I speak, I guess this is breaking news, right? Breaking news, exclusive <laughs> right here, right here, exclusive. Um, 
I'm in the process of doing a version for my mother. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm in the process of doing a, a version for her. Um, it's going to follow the, it's going to follow the same concept, it's 10 extraordinary lessons. Um, I haven't decided what uh, adjective or um, that I want to use to describe her. Because my dad, he fit the ordinary dad moniker. He fit that because uh, another thing that I wanted to kind of push with that with that one was, you know, these great lessons of things that I've learned from my father is not because he's a politician, not because he's an athlete, not because he's, he's a celebrity. It's because he's an ordinary blue collar, hardworking father who was present. That's mm. it. So that's why I called him an ordinary dad. So I got to find something else to call my mom, you know, something that fits her. Um, and then that will be, um, that's what's coming next. So um, that's probably going to be 2021. Um, I um, just started the process. A little too late for Mother's Day 2020. So it may very well be 2021. Un un unless the stars align and it gets done before Christmas. We'll see. Well, I can't wait for it. Um, I still need to get this one signed, and I'll be getting that one as well, and I'll need a signature. <laughs> yeah, 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 that, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that as well. Now, is the, is the, um, where, let people know where they can get the book. Yeah, so 10 Extraordinary Lessons from an Ordinary Dad is found on Amazon, both in ebook format and paperback. Um, just search me. I'm, cause it's a long title. I get it. But if you search Carlos Avent, A-V-E-N-T, you will find me. You will find me. You will find the book. So it's there on Amazon. And um, if you come across me directly, uh, you can get the book from me directly. From on Amazon, uh, the book is the, the ebook is four ninety nine. The uh, per, the the paperback is ten ninety nine. Um, signed copies from me uh, fourteen ninety nine. Awesome. Yeah, I like to buy the book, um, you know, from the person. I I want to I want to have it where I can feel it. You know, the the ebooks are cool, but I say them for the wrestlers that I may or may not meet. <laughs> you know, yeah, I like yeah. To have, <laughs> have it in my hand. Um, can you talk about what it may, meant to? They, have they officially put it in city yet? Yeah, actually, that's what um, I thought. I thought I city. saw it. I just had to double check. You talk about what that meant, especially your wife is an author as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my wife's an author. She published her book, self-published her book. Um, when was that? Two thousand fourteen. No, fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. Two thousand fourteen. Uh, and um, her book is um, makes me want to holla. So it's a anthology of just stories and topics for young teen girls who may be going through that process of teen girl into womanhood and feeling alone. So she offers a lot of um, advice and resources and, and, and thoughts just from her own experiences in, in going through that process and being a mentor herself. She offers that back in, the, in her book. Um, so hers was already there. So in the in what is known as the um, alumni author library, uh, hers was already there. And um, when I had the opportunity to have mine put in, it's actually sitting right next to hers. So if I'm not mistaken, we are the uh, first and only married uh, married city alumni with books in the author library. <laughs> Man, that's amazing. Um, yeah. 
So, <laughs> Hall of Fame speech, you got it written yet? Hey, you know what? I got. I do, <laughs> I do man. I do. You know, I, 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 you know, I don't. I don't think it's finished. <laughs> you know, I still have a lot more, a lot more to do. A lot more to do. But um, you know, if if they if that time comes and and they you know if they come my way, I'll I'll be ready. <laughs> you just talk about what it means um for you know, and this is going to be more geared towards our Baltimore listeners. Uh, mm-hmm. What it means to be able to give back to the institution known as Baltimore city college. Oh man. It's, you know, it, for me, it, it oh, is always funny real quick. I got, I had to mention this as I asked you that question, I have like one of those Google um, homes, them hubs yeah. at yeah. my house that my wife got me for Christmas. As uh, soon as I asked you that question, I, I got a slideshow in there. The picture that you and I took together at the City Poly Love screen and came up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. <laughs> so I that had to make great. sure I mentioned that to you. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great, man. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, man, like giving back, you know, City, man, City really, really helped uh, shape who I became, you know, like it just, it gave me confidence. Uh, it made me feel uh, welcomed, you know, uh, into, it wasn't just high school for me, you know, and that's, you know, people who didn't go to city, um, they don't get that. You know, I, when I talk to people about my city experience and they're like, that's your high school. I, why are you so attached to your high school? Cause you don't get it. City has always been more than a high school. It has been more than that forever. And, um, you know, for me, it it gave me a fraternity before I even knew what a fraternity was. It gave me that level of brotherhood, uh, um, you know, but when I needed it most, you know, as I was coming up in my teen years, you know, at a time when I needed it most, it, was, it, it did that for me. Um, the legacy that comes out of it. Uh, the people before me, the the decades and decades before me of just great people, entrepreneurs, authors, scientists, politicians, lawyers, doctors, uh, athletes, celebrities, all that, you know, it just left a long lineage of just of success and honor. And for me, I just wanted to give back to the school that get that gave to me, you know, the school that poured in the place that poured into me the most. Um, one day I'll be in a place where I could write them a good five, maybe six figure check. But right now I just give them, you know, five to six figures of time. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's kind of what I have for them today. Do you plan to write a book about it? You know, I don't know. Um, I I never thought about that. I, 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 I have been in talks with, uh, to join the newsletter staff for the the alumni newsletter um just you know just passive conversation and we'll see what comes about that later on um but there been you know but it it may very well be time for a new uh or an updated perspective on being a student at city college because i i think the most recent one or the last one that was done uh is it, it has to be at least a good 30 years old now so um and i can't quite remember who that author is but it's probably time for a new one and you know i i, I will um see now you got me interested i might now i'm interested in looking that up and figuring that part out uh so i may have to do that just to see if that's another 
avenue for me to explore. Yeah, I'm just, you know, like I said, there's, we all have our different experiences at City. And we mm-hmm. all, one of the things we did see um, at the screening was when we show out, you could see the bounce of City versus the other school. You know, I'll give them some respect today. Polly, and you can see that we yeah, were yeah. hearing louder. Um, we're recording this at the, in May 2020. And this past November, we did something that you and I had thought it would take us a while to see. And yeah, that was take the lead in the series. Now, you for sports fans, you got Bears and Packers, Cowboys and Redskins, Army and Navy, Yankees and uh, Yankees and Red Sox, um, yeah. Dodgers and Giants, uh, Lakers, Celtics. For Baltimore, mm-hmm. you have City and Poly. Even yeah. people from other schools, one in November they start hating. They say, oh, nobody wants to go to school anyway, uh, even prospective mayor candidates. But then <laughs> when we have the tailgate, who's there? <laughs> they show exactly. up. Now, other schools aren't doing that. Um, but, you know, we saw them take the lead. I got to ask you, that's why I got you here. When the clock hit zero, the ball went mm-hmm. in, um, what was your reaction? Out of body experience, man. <laughs> Out of body experience. And because for those who's wondering, I'm just making sure I can let people know. I'm talking about the moment this past November when City defeated Polly to officially take the lead. Carlos, what's the numbers? 63 wins for City, 62 <laughs> wins for Polly, and six ties. See, I knew you knew about heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and, 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 man, let me tell you, I, out of body experience because I, the last time there was a tie, it was 1971 or 72, 71, 72, one of those years, definitely in the 70s. Um, that was the last time that the series had ever been tied. And, you know, we've been down ever since. So we've been down for almost, for about 44 years. Um, when I got to City, we were down six games. And, Throughout my time there, it just it was like six, five, four, five, six. So it just it just kept fluctuating between six and between four and six. At one point, we were down eight games after I graduated. You know, so then to just see like just to see us finally do it, man, it's just you know it's something that I didn't know if I would see it in my lifetime or when, you know. But the closer we got to it, I was like, man, this is really going to happen. I'm I'm going to. I'm going to finally see us have a lead, you know, because I have uncles that went to city. I have cousins that went to city and they were there uh, during the times of having the lead. I have one cousin who was a part of the team that um, broke Polly's win streak uh, mm-hmm. for seven. Uh, Polly went on a 17 year win streak. Was that the and game he was with a part Chris of the Smith? team that broke? Yeah. Said, yep. Yeah. That game. Yep. He was a part of that game. Uh, my cousin, Greg Avant, rest his soul. He was a part of that game and um, that broke their win streak. So, well, they broke the they broke the loser streak for city, so um yeah, so it was just out of body experience, man. And I I like to, to be able to say like we I've seen it, we have the lead. I, I've been through every emotion of this you can think of. Uh, we're here now. And I wanted to bring that up because the thing is, like you look back at it, you you I'm three years younger than you, so same thing. Four six, I, we were two and two my years there. And it's mm-hmm. one of those things. Um, I didn't go to 
the game, and I'm oh man, Bug Son. Oh man, his name is. Oh just, yeah. <clears throat> forgive me. His name just passed my mind. Just mm-hmm. my mind. But I didn't go to the game where he ripped the ball, and this is in 2016, I think. Yeah. Um, or 17. Our last game in the Ravens Stadium. So I want to say that's 17. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was 17. Uh, mm-hmm. Hebrew. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't go to that game where City was down by, and I, if this was a video, I would show the footage, but City was down mm-hmm. by, uh, they were up, and it looked like Polly was getting ready to take the lead. Yeah, and, yeah. they did, actually. Yeah, okay, so, they, yeah, you're right. Polly had the mm-hmm. lead. All they had to do was milk the clock. And That's it. he was determined not to lose the game. And I got to give a huge shout out to TJ Anthony Pay Jr., who's producing this epic documentary that you and I have been blessed to work on uh, in some way, shape, yeah. or form of showing the history of City and Polly, the two schools. But you saw him rip the ball out and run it all the way to the house. And then you saw the coach who was on Polly's side, but went to City. Uh, yeah, he was a poly coach. Went to city, and you saw the facial reaction. And as I'm logging the footage, I'm like putting every type of highlight emblem to say <laughs> this needs to be in there. Which obviously TJ was gonna put it in there, but yeah. At the time, I was uh, Dwayne and I, the real Dwayne Allen. Shout out to my wrestling realm co-founder. We were recording an episode. And I was waiting for him to. He was on a phone call, and I'm sitting there on my phone. And I'm hitting the refresh button. And all of a sudden, I see Polly mm-hmm. lead. Then I see City just takes the lead. And, you know, it's nerve-wracking because some people may think, okay, you know what? We, we Next year it happened. Next year always yeah. seems like an eternity, especially at this case. We're chasing, um, we're chasing two. So I'm yeah. like, man, if they lose, that means that puts us back another game. That means we got to yeah. make up, you know. And... Uh, so that's just one of those things, man. And, you know, to see the work and dedication that you've given back to that great high school, I'm always amazed by it. And, you know, I've always loved one of the things is that you and your wife got to give uh, Kelly her shout out and flowers too, because y'all give back to the, um, you know, back to not only the students coming up, but the alumni as well, you know, and you yeah. saw that love at the all-class reunion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. It's it's something that, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, my, I'm pretty sure my wife has her own uh, perspective on, on City and, and the relationships that it's built for her, you know, but um, that, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's where I met her, right? right? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's, it's like, um, and even even in that, you know, that's like a fairy tale. Whenever anyone hears that, it's like, oh my God, you met her in high school? Yeah, yes, yep. Tenth uh, grade art class. That's when I met her. <laughs> you know, so it's um, it's just one of those things, man. Where it's like I said, like I said before, it, it shaped who I am today. So giving back is a a no brainer to me when it comes to Baltimore City College. Yeah, and, and you know, and I gotta give a shout out to Brandon Guy. So before you and I, this is our time when we first met. Because funny story is, we actually met through Facebook because of our yeah. love for wrestling. And then it was like, oh wait, you were in the city, and I think that's why you probably was like, oh yeah, you definitely gonna be my little brother. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
Brandon has said that like, oh man, he said, yeah, those two are meant for each other. He said, because I remember Carlos was in love with her since high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was, man. Because they were they were in the band together for for, for the whole four years. I did I joined the band my senior year. Okay. Um, which was which was really just something to do, honestly. I I, I wanted to be, you know, tying it back to the city poly game. I wanted to be a part of the game because I missed out on the opportunity to play football mm-hmm. uh, or in each of those four in each of those years, those four years. So being in the band and being a part of the halftime show was the next best thing. So that's why I joined the band. But they had been in the band for all four years, obviously. So, um, you know, so so before I joined the band, you know, I was I was always looked at as you know whenever I would go down to the band room where she was, you know, I was always looked at as like, you know, what are you doing here? You're not, you're not one of us, you know, but uh, you, you're right, but I'm with her. <laughs> so, you know, so that was, that was, um, he was right. He, yeah, he, he got a good point. That's, that's kind of how that, that played out. Yeah. And you know what it's, um, and I gotta say, you, you talk about, you know, your wife being in a band, you, anybody needs to, um, really enjoy uh city poly halftime show they need to watch it near her (laughs) because i saw this uh city poly 2014 and this is when we had um came down this when i was living in connecticut and Mm -hmm. we came down for my son's birthday was the same day as city poly yeah yeah so we um we took him to the game and then we game his birthday party and I remember sitting there and I remember one uh, my wife making a joke that you and I would be like the older legends who sit back and you know <laughs> cheering the football team on as if it's the Ravens because that's what you're supposed to do right you know most of the people yeah, yeah, there for the social hour we there we, we invest in the game but I remember saying yeah. like your wife giving that play-by-play analysis of the band yeah. of what they was doing right and what they was doing wrong yeah so <laughs> <laughs> that right there, so that could have been that could be a YouTube video in itself. Yeah, yeah, it could, it could, because she just knows the in and out. I mean, in inside out, man. It was, it, it was very interesting. So, can you talk about one of the things that I want people to know about you is the fact that you don't shy away from helping everybody. So, can you talk about what it's like. We talked about the intense rivalry that City and Polly have. Can you talk about. What it's like when you get that mentee who went to poly. Is you know what? Yeah, that 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 not that right? Because that's I have that, <laughs> and and you know it's it's very interesting because he picks and chooses when he wants to take his shots at me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you know, and I keep telling him, like son, you don't have enough ammo to take shots at me when it comes to this. You, you just don't, okay? Like, you know, like, like you know, I, I tell them, like, you know, you you just, you're only two years removed. I'm almost 20 years removed. <laughs> so there's a, there's, he just, you know, it's funny. It's it's all in friendly, friendly jarring back and forth, you know, but um he can't hang with me and he knows it. <laughs> That's why he, he'll bring up things that he thinks are true. And I'm like, yeah, no, here's the facts on that. And he'd be like, "Yo, well, Polly better at this, huh? Well, not really. Here's the facts, <laughs> you know. So it's it's so it's fun at the same time, but um, you know, but I I I'll be having to shut them down. And then I'm like, look, look, look here, man. Look, look. Let's put that aside, okay? Because at at the end of the day, uh, we have you know we we have something else, <laughs> okay? 
because you're not going to win that battle with. And it's funny because it kind of spills over into college as well because he goes he goes to Coppin, and, you know, and I'm, oh, and I'm a Morgan Bear, you know. So even even in that, you know, but um, because we you know we had some jarring back and forth uh, when it was Morgan versus Coppin during the basketball season, you know. So it's 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 very interesting. He's 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 been placed in my life to strategically test my my ability to hang in a rivalry. I, I feel so. <laughs> That's, it's funny, but it's really good. It's, it's really awesome to have that. Man, that's amazing. Um, you know, so, you know, we, we talked about you got a new book coming out. Um, how much, like, do you have, when you're writing, do you get an idea that triggers right away for the next book? Because it seems like it's almost, um, I'm going to guess use the word addictive. Uh you know, I know, mm-hmm. like, when you're writing an article, and, and, you know, obviously articles is much less time than writing a book. When you're writing an article, you get in that flow, and you get to writing. Next thing you know, the ideas start flowing. Then you got to, like, slow down because it's too much, and you move on to the next article. Does the same thing happen with books? Like, you talked about the lessons from your mom based on, you know, after writing this. Is there anything else coming to mind on maybe another book that's coming soon? Yeah, that, that 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 actually does happen. Um, that that happened then. You know, even when I was writing the first one, um, there were there were things that I excluded because I felt like it would be better suited for the next version. Um, you know, at, at the time, I didn't know what the next version was going to be. I just knew that there was going to be a follow up. Um, but then over time, I kind of realized, like, you know what, this may work out as a series. Um, you know, so you know, as I said before, you know, the the next one that I'm looking at is going to be focused on my mom. Um, and then the next one after that, it might be about me as a mentor. It might be about me as a parent, or it might it might be about um, uh, who knows, you know. What I mean, I it, but it can, but it has it has kind of as I wrote the first one, it was kind of at, especially as I as I finished it, it was taking a life of its own in a way. And I, I always knew that it was. I knew two things. I knew one that I did not want to be a one and done author. I knew that much. Two, uh, as I wrote that, I felt that I can build off of this. I'm not sure what what direction, but I know I can build off of this. Man, definitely. Um, I'm excited to see this, man. And before I get you out of here, I got to ask you this. Do you plan, have you ever thought about, you know, doing a follow-ups via podcasting? You know, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't. I don't know because I don't. Um, I know time people want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I, it is. It is. It is time to see me. But but one thing I, I can uh, that I will say, you know, um, video editing and and all that is is not a strength of mine. That's for sure. So um, <laughs> that's definitely my wife's area. That is her thing. You know, she's you know she's a co-host on WEAA eighty eight point nine. Radio has been her life for 15, 16 years. Uh, that's her thing. Uh, you know. Um, funny you mentioned that because she was recording something t- today for series XM mm-hmm. and I just you know I felt like a little I felt like a child over here like I'm sitting here watching her do it and then when she was done I was like can I say something on the mic can I just want to say something I want to see what it sound like is this because you know it's just I, I'm the writer you know I'm, I'm just more of the writer um, I love the write and um, you know that's probably what's going to be my niche but you know, doing things like this with you is awesome. You know, I uh, probably I probably can hang 
hang very well in the, the co-host world, you know, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have the chops, man, to do it like you. <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm glad I just thought about another question I had. Um, I almost, I'm, ooh, I've been mad if I forgot this one. The Black Fathers group on Facebook, Matt Pressburger, yeah. the founder, you yeah. know, who's, I mean, essentially made it um, the group itself a, you know, something like one of the more prominent groups on Facebook. He's met with uh, Mark Zuckerberg. He's gone, you know, travel essentially around the country to talk about the benefits of being a black dad. You talk about um, your relationship with him and, you know, he's one of the people who has endorsed the book. You just talk about that relationship. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's it's so funny how that came about, man. And um, cause I I actually at the time when I found a group, um, you know, cause I'm just searching Facebook looking for looking for groups that would fit me, right? I'm looking for groups about black married men, groups for black fathers, and then that popped up. Um, and I see like well, you know, at, at the time it had it had like forty seven thousand members. I'm like, wow, that's that that's pretty deep. But then I saw an article about it through, uh, I think it was like a Yahoo uh, news article about it. And I'm like, huh, interesting. And um, one of my, one of my, one of my uh, friends was, or my mutual friend on Facebook was a friend of his. And I was like, oh, wow, Kelly. I, I, ironic, same name as my wife, right? But her and I work together. So the next day I go to work and I'm like, hey, Kelly, you, um, you know Matt. You know Matt Pressburger. He he's the the founder of this this Facebook group. She's like, it's my husband, and I'm like, oh, that, oh, that's your husband. Oh, oh, well, of course you know him. <laughs> so that um, so then from there, you know, I was a uh, I got the opportunity to meet him, um, you know, and just man, just the overall genuine guy, man. Like I can't say enough enough good things about Matt. And his is 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 like how genuine he is, um, how loving he is, how, his vision, man. Like he just he just wants to do great, great things, man. But it's not it's one thing to just want to do them, but he's actually putting forth the the action, man, the the steps to to do that, and just trying to you know his 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 intent on changing the narrative is just so like out of this world, man. And it's like you know we all do our part, we all do our part to change the narrative in our in our in our space, in our, um, you know, in our circles, right? But, like, he's, like, just knocking down the doors and just forcing himself into other circles. You know, he's like, you know, y'all going to see this. Y'all going to see the positive side of this, you know? And um, it's just been it's just been awesome, man. It's been awesome to meet him, you know, to uh, work with him. You know, I, I'm, I sit on his, his, board of, on his board of advisors for Black Fathers now. Um, and you know, and let's not forget, he he too is is a city alumni, you know. So so there's that as well. That was a uh, I found that out after the fact. But you know, you know how we are, man. Once we find out you went to the city, up oh, that's it. you in. I just found great. out just from you just saying that. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a uh, class of ninety four, I think ninety four, ninety five, one of those. Yeah. So yeah, he's a yeah he's a he's an alum, and um so that just made it even even better. You know, it was like you know once you establish that common ground and it's like okay all right now i know what we got going on here so yeah yeah man it's it's just been it's been it's been quite a, a privilege and honor to just be connected to him man to see the great things that he done 
and it was an honor for him to endorse the book and actually give 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 his perspective of it on the on the back on the back of it indeed bro man i really appreciate you taking the time out um you know you and i we can talk forever <laughs> um, yeah we could <laughs> i definitely appreciate you coming on let the people know where they can find you and remind them where they can get the book yeah 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 so find me uh on all social media platforms carlos james or the carlos james um, that's Facebook. That's Instagram. You know, that, it's really just Facebook and Instagram because I'm really not on anything else besides those. I haven't quite mastered Snapchatting yet. Uh, also on Twitter too. Same thing. The Carlos James. Um, if you're a LinkedIn guy or you're a LinkedIn girl, uh, then Carlos Avent. You know, I have to put the official government on that one because that's professional. So Carlos Avent on LinkedIn if you if that's where you like to be. Uh, and again, the book you can find it at Amazon. Uh, just type in my name, Carlos Avent, A-V-E-N-T, and the book, 10 Extraordinary Lessons from an Ordinary Dad, available in ebook and physical copy, uh, paperback from Amazon, or again, from me directly, signed copy from me directly as well. You heard it, folks. Carlos J. I, I, you know, we call him Carlos J. But yeah, Carlos James. <laughs> Ava, make sure you give him a follow. Big bro, appreciate you coming on, man. Hey, man, appreciate you having me, man. No problem. All right, so that was my brother, Carlos J. Ava, make sure you get his book, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot recommend it enough. Next week, I bring on the lit journalist, Mr. So I'm excited for you guys to hear Tony's story. Make sure you have subscribed. If you haven't done so, subscribe to the podcast. Drop me a five star rating, folks. It helps me move up in the rankings. This is free because I wanted to share my network with the world and I wanted you to be inspired. So you feel like hey you know what i'm getting free content and i want to help them out just drop me a five star rating cost you absolutely nothing and write something in the comment section i'll give you a shout out until the next time folks remember there is no glass ceiling that you can't break through this podcast was recorded and edited by b waters productions the music by hypno beats make sure you follow him at hip